Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, if you're here and you're fearful of death, then I have to say to you, You'll never live life. You remember Woody Allen? We talked about it. Remember his quote? Let me read it to you. I can't really come up with a good argument to choose life over death, except that I'm too scared. You see, Woody Allen has never lived. His whole life, he's been afraid to die. Why? His hope is not in the name of the Lord. Do you ever think about death? Almost everyone does. You're told by society to not think about death or dying. Instead, work on living it up for today. Death's the great unknown, and most people fear it. Pastor Mark will be teaching today about that fear and how the Christ follower should think and feel about death. You'll find out that the fear of death keeps you from giving your all in living for God, which robs you of his blessings you end up not being as dangerous to Satan's kingdom as you could be. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Luke chapter 9 as he begins his message, Follow Jesus, Live Dangerously Today. I want you to finish this statement, would you? The best is, finish it. The best is yet to come. Do you believe that? Well, I'm sure both campuses, oh yes, I believe that. Absolutely, I believe that. But what we do is we don't live like it. You see, the Bible is filled with references that speak about today. The Apostle Paul knew how to live today. God wants every day to be a day that we live dangerously. We were here yesterday for a little while at the home group meeting. By the way, we're starting four new home groups, so that will bring us close to 50. As I was there, Chris, who's the head of our IT department, has a little phone, and I was thinking about that word today. He was reading to me this lady. She comes to this church... But now she is in hospice, as you know, the latter days of her life, and she can't get here. So she emailed us and said, would you please send me a red bracelet? Uh, And she says, I can't get to church. I can't really get out, but wait till the hospice nurses come to visit me. (laughs) Isn't that terrific? You talk about finishing your race well. Here she is right at the end of her life. Still thinking about today, I want you to write three things down today, three keys. Number one, 
live dangerously today. By dangerous, you know that we simply mean this, to obey and follow God, to trust him with the outcome. By the way, we took this little break from the book of Exodus over these last three weeks, talking about following Jesus and living dangerously. Two weeks from today, when I get back, we're going to take the children of Israel who've been waiting forever at the Red Sea. And we're going to take them through the Red Sea. So two weeks from today, we'll do it. In Philippians chapter 3, if you go down to verse 12, let me give you a little history. Paul was writing to the Philippians, and he used these words, I want to know Christ. And that didn't mean knowledge, head knowledge, that meant intimate knowledge. You see, Paul wanted to be like Christ. That's the goal for you. That's the goal for me. That's why we're called Christians. We're to be like Christ. We're to think like Christ. To act like Christ. To have the character of Christ. To do the ministry like Christ. And Paul wanted to do and be all that God had planned for him. He was trying to be perfect like Christ. Would he ever get there? No. Look what he says in verse 12. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect. He hadn't been. You see, he was striving to be perfect. He was striving to be exactly what God wanted. But Paul, even at his death, he never arrived. He never got there. So don't be discouraged today. You and I will be perfect. The Bible says when we see him, we will be like he is. Until then, this is what we are. We're moving on. But Paul didn't take that negative. He knew he hadn't achieved perfection. It was a mindset that he had. It wasn't like, I haven't arrived yet. No, look what he says. But I press on to take hold of that for which Christ, Jesus, took hold of me. What does he mean by that? Well, when he was on the road to Damascus killing Christians, God came in the person of Jesus and took hold of him, knocked him off his horse. So what are you doing persecuting me? And his life was totally changed from that point. So notice what he says. I'm pressing on to be what God asked me to be. God interrupted his life to change it. So Paul knew that there was more for him to accomplish. He knew the best was yet to come. Now, one of the things that Paul was able to handle because he came near it so often was this. Paul was never afraid of death. You see, if you're here and you're fearful of death, then I have to say to you, you'll never live life. You remember Woody Allen? We talked about it. Remember his quote? Let me read it to you. I can't really come up with a good argument to choose life over death, except that I'm too scared. You see, Woody Allen has never lived. His whole life, he's been afraid to die. Why? His hope is not in the name of the Lord. You see, he's going to face eternity with an unknown future. Well, we know what it is. He doesn't believe that. But 10 seconds after he dies, he will believe it. There is a real heaven and there is a real hell. Well, Paul had that settled. You want to have that settled. Look what Paul writes in 
Philippians 1. I have it on the overhead for you. Look what he writes in verse 23. Paul says this. I'm torn between two desires. There was tension in his life. What were the two things that he was struggling with? Number one. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. Well, the first thing Paul thought about was this. I'd just soon die and go to heaven. Now, what kind of an attitude is that? Well, it's a great attitude because Paul had a vision. He was taken up to heaven. He'd already had a glimpse of what heaven would be like. So Paul says this. By the way, Paul spent a lot of his time being beaten, coming close to death in jail. So he says, hey, I'm struggling. I'm torn. I'd just soon die right now and go to heaven. It's going to be perfect there. He knew in heaven the best was yet to come. He knew where he was going. Well, why was he torn between that? Look at the second part. But for your sakes, the people he would teach, the churches he would start, it is better that I continue to live on the earth. Knowing this, I'm convinced I will remain alive. Till when? Till God's through with him. I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. That was the tension that Paul had. To be honest, I'd rather die. Last breath here, heaven. Unbelievable. By the way, guys, if you're a Christ follower, you're going to heaven. Could I hear more than two amens for that one? <laughs> you see, we like, oh yeah, I'm going to heaven. Cool. What, what's for dinner today? <laughs> guys, <laughs> it's going to be unbelievable. Amen? Yeah. Forever. No more pain, no more hurricanes. Hallelujah. You can click on NOAA.gov all you want. Its screen is empty. There's no storms come. But Paul said, I know I can't die now because there's more for me to do. So he had an attitude. Well, the best was yet to come on earth and the best was yet to come in heaven. So how is he going to handle that tension? What's he going to do to make sure today on earth is worth living. Look at verse 13. Brothers, sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. In other words, I haven't arrived. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. I want you to write this. If I'm going to live dangerously today, I have to let go of the past, my pride, and my guilt, my failures, and my accomplishments. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, as a woman thinks in her heart, so are they. The mind is the battlefield. First, Paul had to let go of past failures. There isn't a person in this audience that hasn't failed. When we try something, sometimes it just doesn't work. Even as Christians, even as church leaders, even this church, we've tried things in this church, they don't work. We thought we heard God, we didn't hear God. We weren't right. 
It wasn't sinful. It just didn't work. So you don't ride a dead horse. You stop it and you start something else. You can't be afraid. But see, Satan wants you living here, back here in the past. And he wants you guilty over everything that you've done. Shouldn't have taken that drug. Why did I sleep with that guy? Why did I get behind the wheel of that car? Why did I buy that house? I shouldn't have changed jobs. You can name it. It's all the gamut in this room. You can't live today. You can't go forward unless you let go of the past. You can't go forward. So Satan is the one that always reminds you. Why does Paul talk about his past? Well, what did Paul do before he came to Christ? He killed Christians. Over and over, Satan would come to him. Oh, you're the guy that killed Christians, right? You're the guy, right? Yeah, I'm the guy. But God forgave me of that. If I'm going to move forward, if I'm going to live today, if I'm going to live dangerously today, then I have to quit dwelling on my past mistakes and failures. When we ask God to forgive us, he does. But second, in my past, our accomplishments, things that I've done well, things that you've done well, I can't live on those. This week, the NFL just started. For some of you, it's like finally life is here. For some of you ladies, finally you can have an afternoon off because your husband isn't going is to ignore you the whole afternoon anyway. It's a new season. The New York Giants. What will they do? What will New England do? Florida played yesterday. You Gator fans and Miami and all the rest of that jazz. Here we go. University of Florida. South Florida. I can't name them all because I'll forget somebody. Well, it's a new season. Do you think they got on the field, the Giants, the other night on Thursday night and went, we're a, the world champions. No, last year doesn't what? It doesn't matter. They have to do today. You see, here's what happens. When we have accomplishments, and we all do, what happens in our heart and mind is this. We get very prideful. The thing God hates is pride. Now, I could go back to 1992 when we started this church, and I could give you a little history. Man, what God did here and what God did here, and we had this, and we did this, and we did that. We did, it was incredible. And we did this, and we did that, and we did this, and got at it, and we added this building, and did this, and we bought this land. It's great. And now I went from 92 to 97 to 2000 to 2002 to 2004. That's wonderful. But I don't live in 2004. We had an incredible Wednesday night, didn't we? This is not Wednesday. You see, Pastor Mark, I really enjoyed last week's sermon. Good, I did too. So? You want me to preach it again? Be easier. <laughs> no, I have to have a word from God when? Tell me, what's the word? Today. So do you. So I have to let go. If you forget everything else I said, this next statement I want you to write down. Would you please? Quit talking about your relationship with God in the past tense. In the past. You see, even Pastor Dina Vieira, almost two years old, started with a couple hundred people. Now they're 12 to 1,500 people every week. Well, it was wonderful in the old days. It's incredible today. But the best is yet to come. There's more people to win. And it's the same for you and I. You remember when 
Peter and John and the other apostles were arrested, they went before the religious leader. The religious leader said, how are you so powerful? And then one of them said this, oh, I remember they had been with Jesus. They were three years before with Jesus. That's why they're powerful. Well, that isn't true. Jesus died is in heaven. The reason they were powerful then is because they had a now relationship with the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to have a Holy Spirit night where we're filled again with the power of God. You see, I leak, you leak. Bring your relationship with God up to date. How do I do that? Look at the rest of verse 13. And straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Paul says, I forget all that I've done, good and bad. And I remember that the, well, the best was yet to come. Paul wanted to be and do all that God planned for him. You know where Paul was writing this letter? Think about this mentality. Forgetting behind, I'm pressing for today and tomorrow. I'm looking ahead. The best is yet to come. Where's he writing this from? Prison. That's a challenge to me. So what do you want to write? You want to write this. Let God surprise you. Living dangerously, just go for it. Expect God to surprise you. Quit living in your past. Paul could sit in that jail and say, well, two months ago I was in Turkey Oh, that was an incredible, on that missionary journey, and then I got to stop in Jerusalem. That was amazing. That was beautiful. No, Paul isn't living back then. He's in jail, and he knows God has more for him to do today. He was looking forward. Now, I want to ask you a question, and I want you to raise your hand if the answer is yes to this. Are you breathing right now? Notice the guy next to you didn't raise his hand? Smack him like that right now. All right, let's try it again. Are you breathing right now? If you are, raise your hand. Oh, good. Now, if you are, I want you to repeat with me. The best is yet to come. How do I know that? Because you're breathing. Pastor Mark, you're silly. No. Listen to this very carefully. The minute I stop breathing, God is through with me on this earth. Until then, there's more for me to do. Doesn't matter the age. Doesn't matter where I am. Doesn't matter my past. Doesn't matter what I've accomplished. I'm living today. Paul said, I'm Twix. Do, do I go to heaven? Ooh, can't wait. Or do I live on earth? No, I have to live on earth because God hasn't taken me to heaven yet. There's more for me to do. So I have to learn to live dangerously today. I'm breathing. And so God wants to breathe his spirit into me. Turn with me to Acts chapter 18. Paul loved to travel, and he would go to different areas. He loved to minister to people. Acts chapter 18, verse 4. Every Sabbath, Paul reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. And when Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching. Before that, he had been making tents and preaching, but now he's going to preach, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. But when the Jews opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest, protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I'm clear of my responsibility. 
From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. You see, when Paul would go into a town, Paul's Jewish. He would go right to the synagogue. He'd try to talk about the Christ. Many people would be converted, but many people would not. In this particular case, same thing happened. They're basically going to kick him out of the synagogue. So he says, I gave you the message. Now I'm going to go to the Gentiles. Look at verse 7. Then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titus Justice, a worshiper of God, a Gentile. But what happened while he had been in the synagogue? Look who gets saved. Look who becomes a follower. Crispus, the synagogue ruler in his entire household, believed in the Lord. And many of the Corinthians, that's where he was in Corinth, evil city, who heard him, believed and were baptized. Paul was living dangerously by sharing the good news with the Jews. Then he went to the Gentiles. But when this leader of the synagogue and his whole family became believers... That just opened up all these doors for Paul. But it really got Satan mad. And so there was all kinds of turmoil happening. Now, Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of Acts, doesn't tell us. Something began to scare Paul. He began to be afraid. The Apostle Paul was afraid. So much so that it seems, when we'll read this next verse... That Paul is so afraid, he's going to leave Corinth. He's going to shut his mouth. He's not going to teach. He's not going to preach. And he's going to go to another city. That sounds unlike Paul. And yet, that's what happened. Remember, Paul said, I never arrived yet. I've never arrived. Well, look what happens in verse 9. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. When is fear the worst? Always at night. Those of you that have kids, you'll learn that. When those kids get sick, it always seems to be at 2 a.m. in the morning, doesn't it? Dark, can't get anywhere, emergency rooms jam, and you just get fearful. Paul's fearful. God knows it. God's going to come to him. Now, what do you think God's going to say to the Apostle Paul who's fearful? Paul, you're my main man. What's up with you? You're preaching to have faith in God, but you're fearful. What is wrong with you? No, God doesn't condemn Paul. That's a real encouragement because I get afraid. You get afraid. We haven't arrived yet. Notice what God says to him in the vision. Look at verse 9. Paul, do not be afraid. Why would God ask Paul not to be afraid? See if you can get this context. Because Paul was, tell me. Oh, very good. Three of you. Good. Let's try it again. Why would God come and say to you, don't be afraid? Because you are what? Afraid. Do you know that God knows some of you in this room right now are afraid? And he's speaking peace to you. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark reminded you that most people use the phrase, the best is yet to come but don't live as though they believe that's true. You were told that because you are a Christ follower, your best is ahead. You were reminded that because your best is ahead, you shouldn't fear death, but live full on for Jesus until it's time for you to join him in heaven. You don't have to wait to hear another message from Lessons for Living. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com to access our archive of messages on various topics and books of the Bible. 
Subscribe to our podcast as well to receive updated teachings as soon as they're made available. We're so glad you joined us today and we'd love to connect with you. Feel free to contact us with your questions and prayer requests at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude his teaching, Follow Jesus, Live Dangerously Today. You'll hear about a time that the Apostle Paul was afraid and how God got him back in line. You'll learn about the lessons that Paul experienced that can help you to begin living dangerously for God. You'll find out how to stop thinking about your failures and move forward in your walk with Jesus. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Follow Jesus, Live Dangerously. That's next time on Lessons for Living. in a hurry.